We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Thursday, March 9th, uh, and I'm joined by a guest. Uh, we got Dan Titus from Yahoo joining the show today. Dan, uh, appreciate you taking the time, man. We've had you on the RotoWire radio show a handful of times. Always love chatting with you, but uh, this will be your debut on the podcast. So again, thanks for the time and uh, looking forward to chatting with you. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me, Nick. And I, I got to say, I, I got a chance to meet quite a few of the RotoWire guys at FSGA this year. And uh, Man, Ken Ken is just a riot, man. Like, definitely the dude that I want to be chilling by the bar with at all times. Definitely looks you out. And uh, great meeting DJ as well as Tim. Um, it's a really great crew. And and uh, obviously, you know, kudos to you guys for having a couple of guys nominated for Basketball Writers of the Year. Like, definitely an extremely nice honor. So, um, the, the opportunity to chat with you, always down for it, man. Hey, I appreciate the kind words, man. We, we only send our best to the FSGA. And that's that's pretty much the assessment that everybody has of Ken. Uh, always a fun guy to be around. <laughs> DJ, I was actually just talking to DJ before this. He, he said to give you a shout out. Oh, dude. Uh, but I, I, you were doing, a, you were part of a panel at FSGA, right? Yeah, yeah. I was on a, a panel on inclusion in the industry, which is, is something that's definitely passionate to me. Um, definitely want to see, you know, more inclusion in t- across women, people of color. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think it's been a, a very good opportunity to kind of see the changing paradigm shift of how we, you know, create content and how we got to cater to different audiences and bring people mm-hmm. kind of into the fold here. And um, I'm fortunate that, you know, Yahoo decided to invest in fantasy basketball. Um, so if I can use my platform to help, you know, get people like me or others that may be curious about even jumping into the industry, um, definitely something that I'm passionate about and, and would love to help uh, move forward with. Hey, good stuff, man. Very cool to, to be a part of a panel like that, especially at such a big event. Uh, I, I want to dive right into some of the biggest fantasy news items on this huh. Thursday. And man, man did, we, I, did I on... didn't I pick a time to to join the the call? Right, like Jesus. <laughs> well, I mean, we have three big names in the Western Conference that we're keeping an eye on. Uh, we we had seven games last night. Uh, fun slate as usual on Wednesdays. But Luka Doncic comes out of the the Mavs game against the Pelicans with a thigh injury. KD slips in like borderline comical fashion in warmups in what would have been his debut in Phoenix last night. And if you watch that video back slowly, you can see that that ankle Oof. folds over. Uh, so as of right now, we still don't really know what the situation is with, with Kevin Durant with Luca. However, within the last hour, Dan, we, we did get a pretty positive update on him. The MRI came back clean and I would say I'm surprised, but Dodgich looked pretty downtrodden last night. I mean, you could tell he was pushing through the pain. He ended up being removed from the game. And even afterward, I mean, he did not sound like somebody who expected to be back on the court anytime soon. So, so to me, very, very good news in Dallas. Uh, with that thigh injury not looking like it's anything that's going to cost Luca, you know, weeks. I, I still think he misses a handful of games here, uh, but I, I don't think we're looking at something that's going to sideline him, you know, through the end of the month or anything like that. Yeah, I'd agree. I, I think the fantasy managers definitely dodged a bullet here in, in terms of Luca's outlook. You know, the fact that he he came up, his MRI came out clean is 
is news to our ears. But yeah, I think he's definitely going to be out for a, at least a few games here. It seems like it's going to be a pain tolerance uh, kind of deal, which is never something that you want to hear from a fantasy perspective because he's going to probably be listed on the injury report as questionable and then ultimately downgraded. So hopefully, you know, we get a little bit of, of a better indication of how many games he's going to be missing here so that, you know, perhaps in Yahoo, he can get that that IL eligibility because, you know, you have to get three games at least to, to be able to qualify for that because it's going to be crucial, you know, having Luca on your bench and not being able to deploy him or put him in a spot where you could possibly pick up another player uh, to pick up that that uh, workload. Um, but I'm expecting in the short term, it looks like Tim Hardaway Jr. is going to probably be a beneficiary of this Luca injury. Um, I don't know that I'm I'm ready to go out and get Jaden Hardy yet. Um, yeah. He did play some more minutes, but I don't know that he's a person that I would trust in redraft formats, at least. Dynasty outlook probably looks pretty good, though. Yeah, I mean, he's one of those guys that was, for a while, like a top three recruit in his high school class and mm-hmm. you know, ended up going the G League route. It, it kind of fizzled at that level, but I think there is a lot of, lot to like about him. I mean, we, we saw Josh Green you know, play a decent amount of minutes. He's just not yeah. a fantasy guy. I mean, he's no. out there just kind of getting cardio in, doesn't do a whole <laughs> lot. Um, looking at the schedule for Dallas, they play at Memphis on Saturday, so a couple of days here for Luka to rest that leg. I would guess he probably sits Saturday. We'll see. Uh, they play Memphis again at home on Monday, three-game week for the Mavs next week, uh, but then a four game week, the week after that. So I, I think fantasy wise, you're hoping, okay, maybe Luca misses a game or two. He could give you, give you two games next week. And then hopefully he's back in full for that four game week, which importantly does not include any back-to-backs. And I mean, the schedule that the teams that they're facing, you got Memphis, Golden State, Charlotte twice. Oh, yeah. um, I mean, that's fantasy gold right there, especially for where the Mavericks are in the standings. Uh, I was talking to somebody else about on this on a podcast yesterday and I think it's very interesting now that there's such a tight race in the Western conference, because usually we're, you know, as fantasy analysts, we're always like, all right, what tanking teams do we need to account for? There's so many of them, but with that back end of that, you know, nine through 13 seeds all vying for the playing tournament, we're actually getting some pretty competitive basketball out of teams that we wouldn't normally expect. So um, yeah, I'm excited for this, this latter half stretch of the, you know, the final 15, 16 games of the season here, where we'll actually be able to see some of these stars actually play when it matters most for fantasy managers. I think that's a great point about Dallas because you know, all the talk around this team is, Oh, they have, they have Kyrie and Luca together. They're going to be dangerous in the playoffs. They're three and seven in their last 10. I mean, they're the eight seed right now in the West. So, you know, we we were talking, you know, at Rotowire this morning, you know, writing up the the, the blurb on Doncic and kind of trying to decide what to do there. It's like, you want to say, yeah, the Mavs will exercise caution, but they don't necessarily have that luxury right now. It's like, if Luca ends up missing, let's say four games, like they can't go 0 and four in that stretch. I mean, they're, they're a game and a half up on the Lakers and the Pelicans. And, you know, they're, they're only two and a half up on the Thunder and the Blazers right now for spots 11 and 12. I mean, this is a team that is very much on the cusp of falling out of even playing territory. Absolutely, man. And I think that that sense of urgency, <clears throat> the fact that this is a pain tolerance thing is is definitely something that that lends me to believe that Luke is going to probably just take a couple of games and realize that, all right, um, here's the stretch of games that are really important to us, that we really need to get some wins. I mean, week 22, starting off with Memphis and then the Golden State Warriors. I mean, those are two teams that are right in the midst of, you know, the Grizzlies are go- trending the wrong direction, whereas the Warriors are kind of staying afloat in the middle there. But those are two huge games. And not that they're going to just, you know, assume victory over the Charlotte Hornets. But, you know, I think we'll see Luka definitely play those four games um, as the season kind of closes out here because they they need him more than ever, especially as they're trying to build up that chemistry with Kyrie Irving that still hasn't quite been there yet. Um, th- this is very, very codependent offense right here. It's just Kyrie or it's Luca and no one else in between. Like one of the people that's been really frustrating from a fantasy perspective has been Christian Wood. He's a guy that I probably considered dropping, you know, weeks ago just because he doesn't really fit that well because of his defense. And I don't know, maybe with Maxi Kleber here, um, we'll see a little bit more out of him because now he's got a little bit of competition, but yeah, I don't know that I feel great about Christian Wood down the stretch here either. All right, let's talk to Rant. And again, we, we need to clarify, we're still not sure. You know, By the time you hear this pod, maybe we'll have a little bit more clarity. But there was a, a pretty concerning report from the Arizona Republic this morning suggesting that it could be a grade two ankle sprain for Durant, which would potentially rule him out for the entire rest of the regular season. Uh, obviously not good news for the Suns, although I don't view Phoenix in the same light as I do Dallas, where like I, I think this team has enough that even without Durant, they're not going to fall into the play-in tournament. You know, at worst, maybe they would get like that seven spot and, and probably be fine, assuming KD is back for the playoffs. But 
the bigger thing there, and, and you mentioned this with, with Kyrie and Luca as well, is I think they need to build chemistry with Durant. I mean, he's played three games with the Suns. And talent-wise, I, I don't know if there's a team in the entire league that can touch them, but I, I still don't think you want Kevin Durant coming off of an ankle injury, essentially coming in cold with this new core and just saying, all right, go win the title. This is going to be really tricky for the Suns here because you're right. I mean, fortunately, Chris Paul and Kevin Durant have chemistry. I think Devin Booker has been thriving without K- I mean, with Kitty and without Katie, I think he's been probably he's going to be going to the moon. So if you have Devin Booker for these final three weeks here for fantasy, he's going to be an absolute monster. But yeah, I mean, for the long term outlook of the Suns, like I don't know that, you know, this injury definitely hurts their chances as the odds on favorite to win the title, especially represent the Western conference right now um, without having that chemistry. Cause I think one of the important parts that hasn't really been fleshed out yet is how does Deandre Ayton kind of fit into that equation? Um, even Chris Paul hasn't been stellar um, in, in the games that, that, that uh, Kevin Durant has played. So um, they're going to have to go through, I, it's going to be an awkward, you know, first round for them probably. But I mean, I think right now, at least they have a decent standing. There are a few games ahead there are three there are three games ahead of the Golden State Warriors in the loss column. So uh, unless they have an epic meltdown here, they're seven and three over their last 10 games. I think that they'll probably be comfortably in that uh, four or five area for the uh, the Western Conference. But they're going to need to get KD back at some point here. I mean, this you, you've got to see what this team looks like at full strength. And I have I have concerns about their depth as well. Um, they gave up a haul to to get KD. And, you know, with with him going through all these injuries, I don't know, him playing heavy minutes kind of scares me right now. <laughs> Just being that he's getting, you know, the way that he slipped in pregame, such a fluke accident. But that that inversion did not look good. Well, especially for a guy who's had so many lower body injuries the last few years. Right, I mean, it's, exactly. It's, it's a little LeBron-like where they none of these seem related. They all seem kind of fluky. But when you take the entire situation together and you factor in that he's in his mid-30s, I mean, it, it becomes more and more concerning each time this happens. And Absolutely. I, I think... You know, we, again, we don't want to overreact. Like maybe, maybe he's back in a week for all we know, and and he avoids the grade two. But if it is that, and he misses the like, misses the rest of the regular season, then I think it becomes really interesting to say, okay, who are the Suns playing in round one? Because you know, in all likelihood, they're going to be favored. But like the Suns with potentially a hobbled Kevin Durant, or maybe he's not even fully ready for round one versus a team like the Warriors or the Clippers or the Mavericks. Like those are all realistic first round opponents. Like suddenly that becomes a, a really really interesting series. Yeah, it does. Um, I, I'd say I'm, I think that they're going to exercise caution. You know, Monty Williams was saying at the, at the postgame presser that, you know, they're, they're definitely taking, you know, taking it day by day. They're going to get some additional imagery, imaging, excuse me, um, not to coddle him. But I, I think that they're obviously looking championship, you know, expectations here. Um, I, I don't know that we're going to see Kevin Durant in the near term. Like if I'm a fancy manager, I'm definitely sweating bullets right now. Yeah. Um, in the meantime, pick up Josh Akogi. He was doing very well in KD's absence before he got there and into the lineup uh, will be a, a solid source of points, rebounds and stocks as well. Um, just played phenomenally well being that kind of gadget, you know, do it all utility man for the the sun. So um, in the near term, I would pick up a Kogi's like 28%, 23% rostered in Yahoo leagues right now. Um, I think he's probably in the short term, someone that's going to benefit from this, from this injury. Yeah. Maybe look at Terrence Ross as well. 24 yeah. points last night. I mean, he's, incredibly three-point dependent but you know also super streaky and if you catch so right streaky week, i mean I, I think any, anybody who's played fantasy basketball for a while has had that moment where they they turn to terrence ross on the waiver wire um and we we haven't really seen him on this team without kevin durant so i, I think right. there is yeah, upside there uh, much better offensive player than a kogi we are excited to thank the sponsor of this podcast supported intelligence for their generous support with smart bracket their innovative decision-making tool you could gain an edge in your bracket predictions it's available on the App Store, Google Play, or on the web. You can find out more at smartbracket.io. Supported Intelligence has developed advanced technology to help people make better decisions. Their rapid recursive methodology allows you to solve even the most complex decision problems, whether in your personal or professional life. Supported Intelligence can help you tackle business decisions just as it can work to improve your bracket. Supported Intelligence has been leading the way in development of cutting-edge technology, and with their custom solutions, you can address your unique decision problems and improve business outcomes with their proprietary AI technology platform. Don't wait. Check out smartbracket.io today to take your bracket to the next level. And make sure you use our coupon code podcast, that's P-O-D-C-A-S-T podcast, 
to save today. You know, you, you mentioned KD. Obviously, you're not dropping him yet. We'll see where the no. news comes on that. You're not dropping Doncic. What if, if you had LeBron in any leagues, were you dropping him? Like, how, how are you handling John Morant and, and his kind of unknown situation? Because you, you just don't have roster spots to burn at this point in the year. No. Um, and Jaws in the unique spot the unique space that he's not even, you know, IL eligible because he's suspended or whatever he's out. Mm-hmm. So um, I would drop Ja, and maybe that's a hot take, but I, I just don't see how you can honestly have confidence that this is, you know, when they use the words at least and have a number behind it, like that scares the, the crap out of me. So um, I think Tyus Jones is going to be the one that's really going to take the, the Memphis Grizzlies forward here, at least in the regular season until Ja gets right. Like we don't know the lengths or the depths of how, or what John Moran is really going through. It seems like he's dodged at least the legal implications of what was going on, but mentally, you know, he's got some damage control to do even probably internally with the, the Grizzlies here. Cause I mean, this is like the wrong time to be, you know, having all these antics outside of basketball um, that are obviously impacting the, the Grizzlies um, play on the floor. Um, Desmond Bain's going to have to step up. He was brutal against the Lakers, just could not find a shot. Um, but speaking of the Grizzlies, you know, I think Xavier Tillman also lucked into a pretty nice situation with, uh, Steven Adams just came out today that, uh, he got a stem cell injection in his knee and he's going to be missing the regular season potentially longer. So Xavier Tillman, I mean, he's 38% rostered right now, so he's probably available in shallow leagues. A guy that I think is definitely going to make an impact, um, as we get to the, the, the rest of the postseason here. Uh, in my most important league, I passed on him to grab Nas Reed because I have Steven Adams. And I'm thinking, oh, well, why would I do He's that? He's going to be back, right. <laughs> Steven Adams will be back this weekend. It's going to be great. I'm going to be getting 15 rebounds a game over the final month. And yeah, there we are. No, Really no indication. That's how it always works with these teams. It really uh, is, man. Yeah, it's, it's Steven just, Adams yeah. was questionable like 24 hours ago. And then now he's out for a month. Crazy how that happens, right? And yeah. I think that that's the it's the gift and the curse of the daily leagues, right? Like if you're playing in a Roto and I've seen Dan Bez, uh, Besbury, um really advocating for, you know, wanting to, to head to Roto because you don't have to, the, you can just kind of soften the blow a little bit more of these, yeah. these head to head injuries um, or, or what it does in category leagues. But yeah, I, you know, it's, it's just unfortunate for Steven Adams. I, I think that this is just a sign that the Grizzlies are definitely going to tumble down the standings and, not a not a team that you want to back head into the playoffs with their front court pretty much decimated right now. You know, shame shame that you know Brandon Brandon Clark also tore his Achilles. Right. So I mean, they're just going through it now in, in every which way. Um, definitely a team that I, I don't have a lot of confidence confidence around. But at least Tyus Jones and Xavier Tillman for fantasy managers are something that you can definitely uh, have a positive outlook for. Uh, one more news item I want to hit real quickly, and we won't spend a ton of time on this because he unfortunately is just not really fantasy relevant at this point, but Lonzo Ball uh, likely Eesh. headed toward what would be a third surgery on that left knee. Uh, you know, last time we, we got news on Lonzo Ball, I remember uh, Brandon Roy was immediately trending on Twitter, and it, yep. <laughs> I, I, you hate to see it, man, but it really does feel like it's heading that way. I mean, if we're, if we're talking fantasy, it's like he is he's as much on the do not draft list as possible. I, I hope you know he's young enough that he could get his career back on track at some point, but everything you read about this situation is just negative. You know, it's it, not only is he like nowhere close to playing basketball. It's like this guy can't even like move around in his everyday life. Dude, it's the ambiguity of it. Like he's been to how many experts now and no one can kind of pin down what the actual issue is. And to have to get another surgery, he's already had two significant ones. Uh, man, this is just, I feel for him. Cause like for what the bulls could be with him, there was such an intriguing lineup and, you know, defensively, they've just been trying to scrape by. Um, but it's clear that like, they're, they're just missing the presence of Lonzo Ball. And, you know, I've already seen reports that there's speculation that he could be, if he winds up having to get surgery, he could be missing time already into the 2023-2024 season. Um, you know, it's just, it's just, ah, it just sucks. Cause like he was, I mean, the way that he, he changed his shot and the way he can play full court press basketball, like guarding at the level, like he's just a great, he's just a solid basketball player. And to have him go through these injuries and now even throwing the name around of Brandon Roy, that's scary, man, because he just fell off a cliff once he went, started getting those knee injuries. So um, prayers go out to him. Hopefully he can get back on the court, man. But I'd say that his dynasty stock is definitely falling as well as a result of this. Yeah, I mean, it feels like forever ago, but in the 35 healthy games he played last year, I mean, he was at 13 points, five and a half rebounds, five assists. He was among the league leaders in steals, if not yep. leading the league. I think he mm-hmm. was just behind DeJounte. He was at 1.8 steals a game, almost a full block per game 
True. as a point guard and, and not I a point guard that. you think of as being overly athletic. You know, it's just not like right. a Russell Westbrook type of body. And then he had, he had turned himself into a 42% three-point shooter. Yeah, I mean, the transformation big... the transformation from his three-point game was crazy. Right. I mean, you remember how broke his shot lo- uh, looked before that. And, you know, just the strides that he made to improve his game, you know, like he just took it seriously. And, you know, to, to have to succumb to this many, you know, uh, just tough injuries, man. Like, it's a shame. It's definitely a shame. But I, I, I'm hoping that he, we can see him at least at some point next season. All right, I want to transition to kind of a look back on this season. It's, it's not over yet, but we're in the fantasy playoffs in a lot of leagues and you know, obviously in the home stretch. Hits and misses from this year. So I, I kind of gave you a heads up on this. I know you have a few guys prepared. <laughs> you can you could begin with, with hits or misses. Either way you want to take this, uh, the floor is yours. Uh, let's start off with the misses. And I think that this one comes with a little bit of context because I think it would have panned out had he not get in, gotten injured. And that's Tyrese Maxey. I had him as a top 50 player. I had him ranked top fifth. I had him ranked 48th at the beginning of the season. And uh, right now he's outside the top 100, mainly because he missed so much time uh, with that injury, that foot injury. But then he also lost his role once he came back. So um, it's been a tough ride for him, but I still have a lot of optimism around Tyrese Maxey, especially with the rumors that uh, James Harden could be leaving to go back to Houston. Don't know if that's actually going to hold up, but um, I think that the the Sixers are clearly invested in Maxey. They love him there. Um, just a very high IQ player. I would love to see him make strides in terms of impacting the game outside of just his scoring and his three-point shooting. Um, but I think if if James Harden does move on, I think he's going to be to the moon, and I will aggressively – uh, rank him again in the top 50 <laughs> um, because I believe in the kid that much. Um, I, I see, I, I saw um, uh, Alex Reichlin was, was um, comparing him and, and Emmanuel quickly. And I, I definitely see it from the, the quickness, their ability to stretch the floor, but then also play um, at the level and, and guard defensively. Um, I think, I think Maxie's definitely going to have a lot of upside here going forward. So I'll take the L this year, but you know, I think that the process was right. And he was definitely on the path to top 50 territory. Had he not gotten hurt. I love Maxi still. I don't, I don't feel like he's had a bad year. I don't. I mean, I know he ranks probably lower than you'd think in fantasy. Yeah. Like right now, nine cat per game value. He's like out just outside the top 90, but a big part of that is just the, the defensive production isn't really there. Right. right. You know, he's like, he's like under one combined block and steal per game. But I feel like team context wise, considering he's like a distant third option at best on that team. Like he's still giving you 20 points per game, three and a right. half assists. Like the percentages are fine. Um, I, I guess like where, where has he fallen short to you relative to expectations? Um, I think it's more so of the, the lack of rebounds and, and also right. the lack of steals. You know, I expected him to, to be more around the four, three range for rebounds and assists. Um, and then the steals at least said to be like 1.3, 1.4. Um, so definitely expected him to take a, a bit of a leap in the other categories outside of scoring. Um, the three pointers in the, in the scoring are definitely always going to be there, but I think that that's also a testament to, you know, the system and, and how he's being pretty much downgraded in terms of opportunity to Joel Embiid, whose usage rate is over 30% and, and James Harden, who demands the ball uh, quite a bit. So, um, yeah, I think, I mean, yeah, I think it's more of the injury and just where he ranked, where he ended up ranking is where really where I, uh, felt like I went a little bit wrong there. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
you know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, <laughs> I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shay Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f-ing best. Each week, Shay Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Dominic Toretto I Live My Life a Quarter Mile at a Time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina Wine Mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. All right, who else is on your list? Um, so hits, I would say um, Darren Fox. Um, I had him ranked right. I had him ranked 38 um, in the beginning of the preseason. And I, I just sensed that, you know, the relationship that he built with Demonis Sabonis on the second half of last year was something that they could build on. And man, did he um, predicted he would be an all-star. He was. And uh, I just really saw this like next leap for him when he actually has a, a point forward, or I should say a, a forward, a, a forward that can play point and kind of facilitate the offense along with him to give him more opportunities to make strides in other parts of his game. And I think we really saw that leap in him being able to shoot the three, um, shoot better from the line. Those are two areas that were really hampering um, his fantasy value over the course of the last several years. So um, definitely happy that I struck uh, struck gold on De'Aaron Fox this year. I jumped off the Fox train at the wrong time. I, I felt like I rostered him in like half of the leagues the last three years. And I was like, I'm done with this. Like this guy, you know, he can't shoot free throws. He takes a ton. He kills you in that category. Yeah. He can't shoot threes. Uh, you know, like the steals numbers were, were always fine, but you felt like there, there should be more there uh, given how good of a real life defender he is. And I, I just kind of made a point. I'm like, I'm not dealing with this this year. And of course, you know, he's, he's had a fantastic season. No question. I mean, I, I think Sabonis and and kind of the, the dual success of the Sabonis Halberton trade, I think gets a lot of credit for, the Kings being the number two team in the West, but really I think it's been Fox, you know, not only being a better player, but also staying healthy. I mean, he's, he's on pace to play like 15, 20 more games than he has the last few years. Yeah. And, you know, and I, and I think that that's, I think that that's been crucial and I didn't realize the impact, I guess, of, of Mike Brown and what he would really do to, yeah. to morph this team from what they were to what they are now. I mean, uh, the amount of threes that they're getting up as a whole, you know, Kevin Herter has been more valuable and fancy than he's been in years past. Um, but then also you're getting these contributions from people like Malik Monk, um, who has been a, a guy that's you know not a must roster by any means, but he's had his points in the season where he's been super valuable um, for different scheduling implications. Um, just a really exciting team. And I think Keegan Murray is another person that I'm going to be eyeing next year uh, for his ability to, to just score efficiently. Um, maybe there's a Macau Bridges in the making there. Um, but I think that the way that he's shooting – the way he's shooting the ball from three and the way that he also can impact the game without much usage, I think is something I'm definitely going to look, look into going forward. And we don't know what's going to happen with Harrison Barnes, you know, over the course of the next couple of seasons here. So I think that this is a role that Keegan Murray is definitely going to see uh, more opportunity here coming into uh, the next season. This is a good segue to, to do a little sidebar on this rookie class. I, I just put up an article that is actually up on Yahoo uh, earlier this week, d- digging into some rookies. And it's been, it's been a weird rookie class fantasy wise. Like you, you don't have it? like the, like the Carl Anthony towns or even like Ben Simmons as a rookie was like 
you know, blowing everybody else out of the water. The two highest ranked rookies are guys who are outside the top 10 and Jalen Williams and then Walker Kessler was picked at the twenties and Kessler. And then I think Murray's like just inside the top 80. But even if you look at Keegan Murray, like things don't really stand out. You know, like he went scoreless the other night. I think it was Saturday or Sunday against Minnesota. Um, You know, the the thing with, with Murray is his highs have been significantly higher than someone like Jabari Smith, who, when you just look at the raw numbers, they, they look similar, but then you say, okay, Jabari Smith shooting like 25% from three Keegan Murray over the last month is over 40%. Mm-hmm. Um, but like even Ben Carroll, I think is tough to value. Like to me, he's been way better in real life than he's been in fantasy. Right. Yeah. And then, you know, sometimes it just doesn't translate, you know, whether it be the turnovers or the field goal percentage or the lack of threes. I think that's, what's really been, been hampering Ben Carroll, but he passes all of the eye tests. Like I'm not going to downgrade him next season and expect him to, to, to go a different direction. Like it's only going to go up from here. I've actually been really impressed with Paolo and what he's done to help the Orlando magic, at least have a chance to get into that play in tournament. It seems like they're kind of out of, out of the, um, out of the standings right now, but you know, they were fighting. And I think that this team has a lot of upside going forward. Um, staying on that team a little bit, just want to give a shout out to Markel Fultz and how he's just been looking right. amazing over the last, um, since the all-star break really. Um, but yeah, Paolo, I, I don't have any reservations for Jabari Smith, though. I, I do have some concerns because I don't know if it's it's definitely the system. And then I say that because Steven Silas, like, what the hell are you doing like the entire year not playing through Alperin's Shingun? But I, I just don't know. Like, they have so many people that I feel like that that could make the leap that could possibly move Jabari Smith to a different spot. I mean, he's a top three pick. So like, you're, you're, you're going to play him, but I don't know, man. Tari Eason's really good and he plays both sides of the ball very well. And I don't know. He doesn't look like he's scared of the moment as much as Jabari has kind of gone in and out. Um, his confidence is definitely shot in terms of his shooting. Um, he's still super young, so I don't want to mail it in on him just yet, but you know, I was definitely more intrigued from the fantasy appeal of, of Tari Eason than I am uh, Jabari Smith jr. But overall, you're right. Very weird. Uh, rookie class like I didn't expect Jalen Williams to take that kind of a leap but he's a person I'm really excited for imagine when he plays with Chet um, that's going to be a it's going to be a really fun Thunder team next year um, but then also the ascension of Walker Kessler I, <laughs> I mean the 4.6 blocks over his last uh, two weeks or so um, this dude's got Rudy Gobert energy all over it you know um, could easily be a double double with you know three blocks a game so that's a guy that I'm going to be certainly prioritizing next season uh, for fantasy. I mean, he's going to be one of those those block cheat codes of the Jaron Jackson Juniors and Miles Turner of old uh, type of archetypes. Does Kessler go ahead of Gobert in drafts next year? Uh, I mean, if I think honestly, that so we were talking about misses before. That was easily yeah. one of my misses. Rudy Gobert, yeah. I had him ranked 28th, and he just took a complete downturn in every area of his game like next to no blocks like that's why I'm drafting you that high bro like you gotta block something but I think that that mesh with D'Angelo Russell just didn't fit so now that Mike Conley's there it should help his scoring a little bit the rebounds you know that that's you're he's gonna get you know double digit rebounds that's not a problem but I think it's just the inconsistency that we saw and that's Anthony Edwards team and right. I'm going to be definitely avoiding Rudy Gobert because I just I, I just can't trust that workload going forward. And if he's not going to block shots, then really, what is he? Um, he's just any other he's just any other center. And I'd much rather have a person like Nick Claxton over, you know, Rudy Gobert. So um, it's a great question, man. Um, I, I don't know. I don't I don't I think that that's pr- probably one of the people that I overcorrected for. And I probably should have assumed anyone going to a new situation. Um, might struggle a little bit, but I didn't expect it to be that bad. So, yeah, I'm definitely moving down Rudy Gobert in my rankings. Yeah. Um, as well as Giannis Antetokounmpo, don't want to say it was, I mean, talent-wise, dude's averaging 30 points and 11 rebounds and like and like over five assists. But from a fantasy perspective, similar to Paolo, man, he just does certain things that's not that's going to affect his his uh, his ranking. You know, the free throws were brutal. You know, sometimes some games he was going like two for ten. Like you just can't have that. That that crushes your categories. And then yep. the the stocks also took a bit of a downturn. So you know, I think that's someone that I had ranked, you know, top top eight that I'm probably going to move. I, boldly, I say outside of the top top twelve. Uh, I'd rather have a lot of other people than Giannis Antetokounmpo heading into next season. Giannis is such an interesting discussion point because you know if you look at season long rankings, you know, right now Rotowire will tell you he's the 100th best player 
in nine cat. And obviously that's not true, but if right. you take Giannis, especially if you take him with one of the first five picks in your draft, like that completely dictates how you have to build the rest of your roster. Absolutely. And I don't want to have to work that hard to right. build around a player. And I think one of the things that I learned in one of my most competitive leagues, I took Giannis number four, Luca went right behind him, immediately regretted it um, because you know, at least Luca improved his free throws and he still has the turnover issue, but you know, it was really just the, the free throws and, and getting some stocks that he needed to do. And he did just that. Um, I think we've pretty much seen what Giannis is. I don't think it's going to be that much better or that much worse, but you add in the fact that he's resting games now. I, I that's not a player I want to rely on. I need the guys that are going to be available. Availability is one of the best mm -hmm. um, underrated fantasy stats you can have. And that's just not a person I can, I've grown to rely on after a season like this. And the Bucks are going to be great. Like they're solid. They're in first place right now. And then Giannis missed how many games? Yeah. Um, definitely not someone I'm going to be focusing on and having to build around that type of a person. It's very tricky for fantasy managers. I think Jabba Rant is in that category as well. Like, yeah, I, I think you're right. Obviously it seems like somebody who should be a lock, like top 20 pick in any fantasy draft. Like he's the 75th best player this season. And you know, you don't, you don't worry about durability with him quite as much, although he has missed a decent amount of time, but you know, he's not a high steals player whatsoever, doesn't get any blocks. And th the bigger thing with him is in, in a day and age where it feels like everybody could shoot, like he's, he's improved as a three point shooter, but the volume is not there. You know, he is, he is only making 1.6 threes per game for a guy who's scoring 27 points per game. I mean, that's, that's a big issue. And then, you know, still a minus uh, in the free throw category as well, taking al almost nine per game. Yeah. And, you know, I think also with the, I mean, we'll see how this whole thing shakes out with, you know, his right. going through his rehab. Um, definitely some caution around John Moran here. I mean, I'm not going to be pulling the <laughs> almost made a bad joke there. <laughs> <laughs> I won't be selecting him uh, within the first three rounds. You know, I think he's probably more of a top 60 type guy on a on a on a good season. So, you know, don't don't reach for Ja just because he has crazy dunks and, you know, is a very polarizing player in terms of like his showmanship. But, you know, from a fancy nine cap perspective, yeah, it's it's a hard sell for me to take him anywhere before the fifth round. He was going ADP 18 in Yahoo Leagues this past year. That's just that's way too high. Way too that high. is rich, 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 high. rich. Yeah, I can't get there. What are your um where are you drafting Laurie Markin in next year? Because I think he was probably a player that surprised. Yep. Um, I mean, we saw him, you know, in the preseason. It was definitely looking like he was gonna be the dude, but to see it and then him actually turn into an all-star is something different. So where are you prioritizing him next year? That's a great question, man. I, I got sucked into the group think on marketing this past year. Like I, I just didn't even really entertain it. You know, like you said, you look good in preseason, you, you kind of look at the roster and you're like, well, I mean, they're going to score hundred to 110 points per game. Someone's going to have to do it. But I was just so down on like the version of marketing that we saw in Cleveland that <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I, I'd never at no point did I ever think, Oh, he'll probably average 25 and eight and make the all-star team and start the all-star game. Like that just, that possibility never crossed my mind. So now you're kind of in this cycle of, okay, he was going with pick like 95 last year. Obviously you're not getting him anywhere near that this year. No, I just, I don't want to be the guy who's now paying too much for Lori marketing. And you know, we get some sort of letdown next year. So I think the, the bigger question is, is this sustainable? Like, is this just the guy he is going forward for as long as the situation allows it? Yeah. Uh, that, I think that's a great point. And uh, you know, obviously this is the best season he's had in his career. Um, it looks like the Utah Jazz want to prioritize making him the franchise cornerstone piece. We'll see what other, you know, pieces that they kind of put around him. Um, but I think he's a, he definitely has an opportunity to thrive. He is their alpha. And the biggest thing is that he wasn't hurt this year. Um, he definitely battled some injuries on his time in, with the Bulls. And his stay in Cleveland was so brief. And that lineup was just so unique with their size. Um, Utah is definitely a different situation. So, you know, I think that if he, I think he can sustain this. I, I do. I think he's probably going to be a person that I would probably put in the first three rounds. Um, I don't know that he's going to make it there. We'll see how much his ADP gets driven up next season. But, you know, I'd feel comfortable taking him with the top 30 selection, I think, um, oh, yeah. heading into next year. Yeah, right now is the 18th ranked player in nine cap per game. That's the default setting on Yahoo. I, I think, yeah, I probably wouldn't take him inside the top 20 right now. You need to see it for one more year. But, right that's also the price you're going to have to pay. You know, right. If, if you're going out and saying, I want Laurie marketing, you can't expect him to get him at pick 35 either. I, I think, you know, team context wise, I, I don't know that a ton will change for Utah. Like unless they win the lottery 
and bring in Victor Wembanyama. And, and I suppose <laughs> if they if they pick, which is a possibility, right? I mean, I, yeah. I think they're st- I think they're stealthily trying to work their way. Like they can't get to the bottom three or the bottom four. They could get to like the fifth or sixth best odds. And at that point, you never know. Right. I think if they land Wembanyama, obviously that becomes its own unique circus. If they land Scoot Henderson, I think that changes things. Anyone else? Like I, I don't see them. Like they're not going to be super aggressive in free agency this offseason. Like I, I think the most likely scenario is that Laurie Marketing is still the number one guy next year. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that's fair. Um, assuming all goes well, they don't land Wemby. I think it's, it's takeoff for, for Laurie Marketing. And then if he can sustain that health, yeah, I think he's definitely a player that could probably creep into top 20 status, um, but you're getting him probably around the, you know, the 30, th- yeah, probably around the 30 spot yeah. um, in drafts next year. So yeah, I co-signed that. Um, yeah, I mean, their their guard plays is going to be very interesting with Jordan Clarkson and Colin Sexton. Uh, I mean, I've been really impressed with what Chris Dunn's been doing. You know, he's a person that I think is, has been valuable for fantasy managers. Unfortunately, you're going to have to drop him after this week because Utah only plays two games in week 21. But uh, yeah, they're going to have a lot of moving parts. And Danny Ainge, the shrewd um, executive that he is, has gotten so many draft picks as disposal who knows what they might try to pull off to really build something uh special in utah around uh marketing and walker kessler another guy that i'm also probably gonna grossly overpay for oh, yeah. next year just because of man that double double and block upside man he just looks like he's gonna be a beast so on the women yama topic what do you think is the most fun landing spot just from like a viewership nba fan perspective we'll say the options are we'll just screw the bottom four charlotte yeah. san antonio houston detroit uh, I lean Charlotte because I think a healthy Lamelo Ball with Webb and Yana is yes. Webb and is like super. I mean that to be honest, like that's the one thing I feel like Lamelo Ball's been missing is a a rim runner potential or someone that can just play um through have that two man game in the pick and roll. Um, I think that would be super fun. And Lamelo Ball, another guy that I think unfortunately just had a you know just a a, a tough year through injuries, and you know I think he's one of the cases where rest. He, I actually probably would have preferred if he took more time to rest, considering that he just kept on aggravating that ankle. Um, but I think he'll come back in a strong way next year. And if they can land Victor, oh, man, whew, that's going to be a fun team to watch for sure. I think I'm with you that Charlotte is the most fun, but it's only because of LaMelo. Like, other right. than LaMelo, I'm not really excited about <laughs> any other pieces. Like, Mark Mark Williams, like, okay, he looks fine. I, I, I haven't been super impressed. I think he's just playing a lot of minutes. Like, P.J. Yeah. Washington, an okay asset going forward. Like Gordon Hayward's probably not there that much longer, nope. but the rest of these other teams are just so bare right now. It's like, it would be fun to see when play with Jaden Ivy, but Jaden Ivy is nowhere near the level that LaMelo balls at right now. San Antonio has virtually nothing on that roster. And yeah, I'm, I'm like, who's going to play with, with, with Victor on, yeah. on the Spurs, like Trey Jones, eh. you know, Keldon Johnson. Eh. Like right. I'm not really excited. I've never, I mean, when are we actually ever really excited about San Antonio? <laughs> but right. well, um, I also feel like the, yeah. the pop, mystique is kind of faded with them you know it's like yeah. oh well what if Popovich gets Wembenyama it's like I to be honest like I'm not saying he's not like a good coach anymore but like I haven't really thought about Pop in that in that same vein in like five years right like I don't think he's gonna unleash and mold him into the the no. next Tim Duncan type of a guy and and also like their team isn't set up that way where you can just hey let's insert a number one pick and we're gonna go you know be a right one of the most winning teams in in regular season history right like it's pretty nice when you have David Robinson and and those other pieces right there with you um they don't have it and but Detroit too they're just a hot mess like I don't you you spend up to get J- uh James Wiseman and then you already have Jalen Duran there you have Marvin Bagley like you just have a a front court that's way too crowded and a whole bunch of underwhelming wings that I'm just like, eh, I- I'm kind of out. Kate Cunningham and, and Ivy are definitely interesting, but everybody else yeah. on that roster, like just doesn't excite me. I do love Kate Cunningham. I, I can't wait to get him back. It-, it would be like the ultimate Pistons move to get the number one pick and then pass on when Yama. Cause they already have wise <laughs> like, no, we're, we're set, man. We, we don't need any more. No, big we're good. We got our franchise guy. <laughs> <laughs> you got to draft for need at number one. Um, all right. Let, let's, I just want to run through a few more names uh, who sure. I think are going to be really interesting to rank for, for next season. Um, I, I'm sure you know that the time will come when you'll have to do a, like a way too early top 100 oh, yeah. uh, looking ahead to, to 23, 24. So first of all, where's women Yama going to slot in? Like I, this is pretty much unprecedented. We've had other big name prospects, obviously Zion being the most recent one, Anthony Davis, but I, I think this is a, a completely different level. Yeah, I think it probably depends on landing spot. If it's, I mean, any of the teams that you mentioned, I feel like he's an immediate starter. So maybe it doesn't really matter. Um, but I'd say it's probably more predicated on the system. 
Houston, I think, would not be ideal just because they have, I mean, Kevin Porter Jr. loves the ball in his hands. Yeah. Jalen Green also doesn't share very much. Um, and then you also have Shingun there. Um, I'd hope that he wouldn't go there. But if he goes to the other three destinations that we just mentioned, I, I mean, I I think I'm pulling. I'm probably going to be overly aggressive. Like, he's just one of those freak athletes that um, you build your team around. And I, I don't know that he's going to have that much trouble adapting to the the NBA game. He's playing in Europe, um, obviously gets that physicality. He's going to need to get bigger, but I'm willing to risk it. Um, I probably slot him. So that's the thing. Like Chet Holmgren is another guy that we haven't seen play, but I think right. if you get him healthy, like he's one of these unicorn type, you know, Porzingis Durant type guy shooting bigs that can just do it. Um, and also play defense. I think you got to be overly aggressive. I, I'd put him in the top 50. I think that that's fair. Like, I think he could be a top 50 pick. Um, well, I'm going to do it. I, I did. I did bet on Zion Williamson. It worked out in year one, kind of when he actually played and that same thing pretty much for this year. But man, I don't know if he's going to make the impact of like a LeBron James. And I was trying to think back of when LeBron James was drafted, where he was going in, yeah. in drafts. And I think he was, probably like a top, like easily a second, third round pick. I, I think Wembenyama is going to go higher than that. I, I think as long as he balls out in summer league or, and just, you know, I, I don't, I think they're going to be really careful with him. Uh, it, it, but it could look similar to Chet Holmgren, right? I mean, it, like yeah. you mentioned Chet, I mean, he was amazing in summer league. And I, I think it's been so long that we, we forget, like he was getting a ton of helium and we never really got the chance to draft him because of the time that the injury occurred. But like, you look at what Carl Anthony Towns did his rookie year. 2015-16, 18 points, 10 and a half rebounds, two assists, 1.7 blocks, 54% from the field. Uh, you know, good free throw shooter, of course, and then you know, gave you like a half a three pointer. Like, I think Wembenyama could absolutely do that, right? Like, I, I think you're gonna have to pay up for Wembenyama because everybody's gonna want to try to be the one who you know kind of gets the first crack at him in the league. Yeah, I usually have some hesitancy in drafting rookies, but like, I mean, we were talking about generational aliens yeah. here. <laughs> you make some exceptions to the rule. Um, yeah, I, I think that with the upside of him being able to do, especially across, you know, nine cat leagues, especially, um, he should probably be an efficient scorer. Like maybe he shoots worst case. You're talking 45% from the field, yeah. but I think he's going to get so many easy looks at the rim because of his, his size. That should definitely offset a little bit, but he can shoot the three one foot, one foot, you know, Durant leaners, Dirk, Dirk Nowitzki style. So that's check free throws are going to be solid. Yep. And then you figure he's definitely going to be around the rim enough to at least compete for at least eight rebounds, maybe nine. Um, the assist is probably the only area where I think maybe there's going to be some room for growth, but the blocks, psh, he's got that. So yeah, I think you're right. I mean, maybe we do see like a Carl Anthony Towns type performance at the mm -hmm. gates. All right. Well, we'll go rapid fire through these last few names. Jalen green. How are we handling him? Next year, uh, uh, had, the late, ranked, had the late uh, season breakout at the end of his rookie year, just hasn't hasn't really taken a step forward. I mean, he's a hundred spots behind his ADP in nine cat value. Yeah, I was sixty four. I had him preseason. Yeah. I think he's going to be solid, man. And let's see, we'll see if Victor goes to the Houston Rockets. But um, I, I'm I'm optimistic for him. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna bail on him. I think he can certainly make improvements in his game. And I think it's ultimately on if the Rockets fire Steven Silas at the end of the season. If they do, I'm back in on Jalen Green. If they don't, I'll probably put him, you know, in that 90s, 80 range uh, as opposed to the, you know, outside 150, which he's, he's performing at right now. This one feels like kind of a trick question, so I'm sorry, but Zion <laughs> Williamson. Oh, man, he's going to – I'm sorry. I got to discount him, man. I'm going to put him probably in the 70s just because I you cannot rely on his health. It's I so tough. I, you just you just can't like I, if you if you account for the games played total games played this guy is going to end up you know probably in the hundreds so factoring that in as good as he is and also how good the Pelicans are you know they really didn't get we didn't really didn't get a glimpse of them fully healthy for very long this season because Brandon Ingram was out for so long so yeah there's there's a couple of reasons I have a little bit of pause for Zion Williamson but it's mainly the availability issue for me How about Jaron Jackson. And we can't really use this past year's ADP because we knew he was hurt going in. Right. Uh, I think there was some debate as to how much time he would miss. He ended up coming back kind of on the shorter end of that timeline, but he stayed healthy virtually the entire season. He's been the best shot blocker in the league, bar none. Uh, and right now, you know, in terms of per game value, he's, he's a first round player. I take him in the second round. I think he's earned it. 
you know, I, I think at this point, you know, his ability to stretch the floor, knock down threes, um, really just be the ideal stretch, stretch big for fantasy. I, I see no, no pause, especially for how much he's going to help you defensively uh, for stocks. Um, stocks are a premium and, you know, he's one of the best defensive players in the NBA. So yeah, I have no problem paying up for, for Jaron. I don't know that I would go as far as, you know, top 15 picks, but I think it's fair outside between 15 and 24 to make that move. All right, last one. And there are a number of factors that we have to consider here, and I'm sure you'll get into that. But how about McCall Bridges? Oh, boy. Oh, that's another one. So, man, I think it's fair that he should be probably a top 15 pick next year. I think he's going to go between 12 and 15, and I, I don't think it's wrong. I would prioritize him over Devin Booker, assuming everything stays the same. And they trot out, you know, this unit next year of, you know, a bunch of three and D guys that don't really have any particular um, motivation to be a, an efficient scorer. You know, Dinwiddie, he's he's the he's the second leading scorer on that team. I think we'll see Cam Johnson also be better, but he's probably more of a in the fifties and probably more in the 50s, 60s range. But Macau Bridge is going to be the leader of that team if everything stays the same. He's a he's easily a top fifteen player for his efficiency, his stocks, and I mean the boon that he's had in scoring. Um, and he's talked about it. It's like, dude, I I was I was in a groove before we made this move because of various injuries to to book and CP three, and he's just carried that right over to the Nets. I don't think this dude's lost his confidence, and he looks like an alpha. So I'm, I'm all for it. And he's already shown out like he's been a consistent fancy player that's improved every single season. I don't see that stopping right now. I got to say that's higher than I thought. That, that you would predict. I mean, you're, you're saying like end of the first round, early second, early second. Yeah. I would, I would pull the, the I would definitely do it early second. Last eight games, 29 points, five rebounds, four assists, two combined steals blocks. And the biggest thing too is, I mean, we need to see this for the last month, I suppose, but since arriving in Brooklyn, like he's basically adding like 10 points per game and he has not lost any efficiency. None. And that's what the, that's the thing about Macau bridges is just that the efficiency and the stocks, um, and with that increased volume and usage and you're not getting a downgrade, like that's, that's a, man, that's a, that's a top 15 player to me. All right, man. Good stuff here. We got six games uh, on the slate on Thursday. Uh, I got to go get ready. I'm actually heading out to Pfizer forum for Nets bucks. Tonight, there you go. Seemed nice. like a much better idea at the time we bought the tickets. <laughs> and now the Nets are holding out like their entire starting lineup. And we yeah. found out that Giannis isn't playing tonight. Uh, so that's going to be a bit of a bummer, but nonetheless should be a fun time. Uh, do you have anything that's either up on Yahoo coming soon that you want to pub, Dan? Yeah, make sure you check out my playoff schedule um, cheat sheet that's up on Yahoo right now. Also, uh, make sure, obviously, listen to uh, Round Ball Stew with uh, Roto World. Um, do that weekly with with my boy, Raphael Johnson. And then also uh, check out my weekly look-ahead piece that drops every Thursday that will be looking ahead for the fantasy playoffs. So every team that you'll want to avoid every team that you want to exploit uh definitely some helpful tips for you to uh manage your team in the fancy playoffs and get that get that championship hey it's that time of year man dan appreciate the time as always and uh we'll have to have you back soon appreciate it nick have a good one